On this week's episode, we are shocked at the horrors that took place down under during the Snowtown murders and dish out a one-star review of the 2011 movie, Snowtown. So after you deposit that stolen disability check, hop on down to the pot shed. We're topping off our wine glasses with Yellowtail and talking about murder. Welcome back to another episode, THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host, Bailey. Caca! <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Hi, guys. Welcome. We have so much fun stuff to talk about because this is our post-Halloween episode. If y'all listened to our last episode, it was our Halloween Eve episode. And, and it was then, the longest episode of all time. Yeah, but it uh, magically got shortened down to like two hours. We had the last episode, we had some, I'm going to blame it on like, um, like Halloween spirits. Oh, okay. I was going to blame it on the podcast gods trying to tell us to shut the fuck up. I guess we could do that, but then that doesn't sound like the podcast gods are in our favor. No. Um, I'm going to say Halloween spirits messed with our audio last time and it cut out all of our end of podcast rambling, which I'm sure that's the reason you guys listen. Right. All of our married at first sight, all of our true blood. Bummer. You really so, missed out on that, guys. You guys really missed out. <laughs> we had a, a great time. <laughs> and I think when it was ending, we were clocking in at like two and a half hours. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it cut out like a solid half hour. I was right? just rambling. <laughs> so there you go. There's uh, that. But we're back. Uh, B's husband, who we love so much, Nick, hopefully fix our audio issue. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. And we're back again. So, I mean, do you just want to talk about Halloween or do you want to talk about your week? What do you want to talk about? I mean, my week was completely uneventful. So, yeah, let's just focus on the good stuff. Halloween, baby. I know I'm just a little sad it's over. without a hitch. It was so fun. It was so great. Yeah. Loved it. Our neighborhood pulled out. Like, we just, I mean, it's the most I've ever interacted with any of these people. Our neighbors. (laughs) Right. Like walking down the street probably around four o'clock in the afternoon and just having people open their doors and be like, hey, what time are we doing this? Like, when are we getting this party started? And I'm like, hey, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> it's all because of B. B. Oh, yeah. She those planned flyers. it. Mm-hmm. You guys did great. It was awesome. B's house was tricked out. Definitely the party house. But um, because of that, I also got trick or treaters, which I was, but all the neighbors who they were, who were out to like hand out candy. Because what they did was they would put bowls at the end of their driveway. Or some of them would stand there with their bowls. But we weren't doing the thing where you, like, knock on doors, right? It was, like, a very COVID-friendly Halloween. But everyone was so excited to actually have trick-or-treaters. Yeah. Because we never have them right. on our lane. Mm-hmm. So even though it's the kids who all live here, very exciting still. Mm-hmm. So the older couple um, that live kind of, like, right across from you, mm-hmm. I guess the older gentleman got turned really was like lit till like one o'clock in the morning was he at your house no oh, okay did, mm-hmm. I, did i miss him no because our two friends that were at the house the latest when they went home they overheard him like okay. out, yeah right just getting it let's so get it we really turned up the neighborhood and i'm proud of that uh, yeah it was super fun so we did the covid friendly trick-or-treating which was great because when by the time we got all the way around and did a whole lap the littles 
were over it, you know, their little legs. And so, like, my big kids just kept going around and around and around. Lila got to bust out her pillowcase, which was all she wanted. Yep. My yeah. oldest daughter got her pillowcase out um, and got lots of candy. Mm-hmm. So it was super fun. And then afterwards, we did like a movie in B's driveway with just our friends and family. We had a few neighbors show up, but it was like distant seating. But we were all together and we watched Halloween 1, Halloween 2. We ate lots of good food. Nick makes delicious ribs. Mm-hmm. Nick passed out and we kept trying to wake him up by yelling titties. <laughs> yeah, because we had a drinking game where anytime you saw nipples. Nipples. That was it. Nipples. <laughs> Every time we saw nipples, you had to take a drink, which... Is a lot in a 70s horror movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So awesome. A good time. It was the best. And what was really funny is we were all freezing cold and underneath blankets and stuff. And it was I'm like all, 60 degrees. <laughs> How cold do you think it is? She's like, oh, 40s right. easily. I looked it up. It was all 58 degrees. Right. Like, oh, oh, my God. We are such babies in California. All we've been asking for is for it to get cold. And now it's here. It's like, yep, we're cold now. We're in the pod shed right now with blankets on and sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it comes on strong. Like it was just eighty. What two days ago? Oh yeah. And then today it was a, lo- a we high went, of sixty. I was gonna say I think we went from like eighty two to sixty two overnight. Overnight, and then tomorrow the high is gonna be the low fifties. Yeah. The the lowest is gonna be like thirty one degrees. Mm-hmm. So it just hits hard. Yeah. So, anyways, we, if you ever hear a shivering right. on the podcast, you'll know why. Give us about a week, and we'll be like, hey, you guys, thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, I forgot to light our candle. I'm going to light our candle. Um, what? Tell them what your favorite part of the whole Halloween weekend was. What was your favorite part of the extravaganza? So, something I love most about my husband is how seriously he takes his costumes. He gets very much into character. And so not only did we have the COVID-friendly trick-or-treating that I helped arrange in our neighborhood, my daughter's daycare also did a safe opportunity for the kids during the day, the trunk-or-treat. Mm-hmm. Nick made at least two kids cry. And that's Perfect. always the highlight of my Halloween. Anytime yes. we can make a couple kids cry, I know I've done my job. Listen, character building. Yeah. Character building. So my daughter wanted to be Little Red Riding Hood. She wanted me to be the sick grandma, and she wanted Nick to be the big bad wolf. And he got the perfect costume. Yep, he did. And uh, and a COVID friendly costume. Absolutely, because it was a full mask, the full wolf mask. And so at the trunk or tree, of course, the little boys they just had to instigate, right? Especially like dressed up like superheroes. So they're poking at him with his swords, and they're trying to pull at his tail, and he's just quiet. He doesn't say a word. And then suddenly he just like starts to growl and chase <laughs> these children through the parking lot. And the so parents were so into it. It was the best. I love it. And then one little boy kept arguing with my Freddy Krueger candy bowl. Oh. Because like it does the song, the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. But it also moves towards your hand like it's going to bite the candy out of your hand. Mm-hmm. And so the little boy got his candy and Freddy like jumped at him. And he throws the candy in Freddy's face. and He's like, no, bad. <laughs> like That's mean. <laughs> I love it. His teacher, uh, his parents taught him about stranger danger. Oh, it was so cute. The looks he was giving Freddy. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, So, yeah, I love little kids the best. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and your you kids looked so good. 
Yeah, B's daughter was Little Red Riding Hood. I posted a picture of her family with, of course, her daughter's face uh, masked out. But right. you can see B and her husband um, on our Instagram, uh, older post on Halloween weekend. And then my kids, my oldest was Beetlejuice, which was Bailey's husband's old costume <laughs> from college because my daughter is a large girl. She's already five foot three at 10 years old. Yeah, so she's so she totally you. fits mm-hmm. in. Yeah, she's taller than me. I'm only five foot two. So she fits into Nick's old Beetlejuice costume, which looks awesome. It looked so good. Looked great. Did her makeup. Uh, my son was a scary scarecrow that we got just from the Halloween store. Still cool. And I had no idea you did Zoe's face until I saw the picture. Because oh, it was so dark. Notice? Yeah, it was so dark. And then Zoe was a witch and she actually let me paint her face green. That was like the one thing she let you do that day. Right. She didn't want to wear the shoes you wanted her to wear. She right. didn't want to use the cauldron, but because she let you do the full face. She paint. took a nap and it was a late nap, which I was stoked about. because I'm right. like, she'll be good to go for trick or treating. But by the time it was time to put on costumes, we were waking her up and she never wakes up good. She always is grumpy. Yeah. So, yeah, she didn't. You know, we had these cute orange and black leggings. Didn't want to wear them. Witch's boots. No. Cauldron trick or treat bucket. Mm-hmm. No. But she got her face, but face paint. Absolutely. Fine. Great. Mm-hmm. That's a win. So all in all, great Halloween. Mm-hmm. It was probably the, definitely the most successful one here. Yeah. Um, last year's was a lot of fun, too, but we had to go to a different neighborhood. Do you remember my boss scaring Nick? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just remember your boss being there. And yeah. I'm like, your boss is here? He had wanted to see the house. Yeah. And I told him, I'm like, definitely Halloween's the night. Like, that's where we're going to go all out. But I guess he was just like checking out the front yard. And he had like dark clothes on, so you couldn't really see him because he wanted to be kind of incognito. Mm-hmm. And Nick comes out of the house drunk <laughs> and he's all like, I guess my boss said something like, hey. And, ah! it's like, and it's like, what the <laughs> fuck, creeper? Like, what the hell are you doing? And That's karma for scaring all those kids. I, Nick. I love it. Yeah, love a good scare <laughs> for Halloween. It's the best. Um, So, you know, let us know how your guys' Halloween was. Leave a comment below. Show us a picture. <laughs> yeah, now we're. Oh, speaking of comments. Oh, we yeah. didn't gain comments, but we had two really big heavy hitters Huge. comment or like a comment, a whatever, a post on Instagram. I know that it's not that big of a deal, you guys, but I'm a nerd. It is. A so big it's a deal. big deal to me. I had posted a picture of me drinking wine and listening to Sword and Scale on election night because it's the only thing I could comprehend. Um, and Sword and Scale liked it and commented, and commented. cheers, mm-hmm. which Huge. Listen, for all of you true crime lovers out there, it might as well have been Beyonce yeah, for me. Absolutely. <laughs> so excited. And then um, Dark Horse Wine, which is the wine we drink every podcast every night. Every podcast. Liked it. And I was like, B, look at this. No. I still get chills. <laughs> about the wine. <laughs> yes. Very excited about Dark Horse. Always. And I tried. I told them, I'm like, oh, my God, thanks for commenting. Like, we love your wine. We always drink it. I'm trying to get, like, what if we got a wine sponsorship? What right. if Dark Horse just sent us, like, free wine? Uh, we would die. <laughs> Literally. We would be even more of an alcoholic than we already are. It would be not great. I would incorporate it into every meal. <laughs> Bro, whoever, uh, whoever is working against me with, like, Obviously, we won't get into it because you don't want me to cry on the podcast. My dad's really sick. Whoever timed that with also the election, which is super stressful and unlimited access to Halloween candy can like go fuck themselves because I'm going to gain like 20 pounds before November's over. I know. It's 2020. It's 2020. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't be have this much access to free Halloween candy. So much. I feel like our kids got more candy this year than any other year because everyone just wanted to like go above and beyond to make them happy yeah 
it's nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't have access to candy when I'm this stressed. It's not good for me. I know. I guess it's better than wine. No one wants me to be an actual alcoholic. But see, that's the thing. I feel like the candy and the wine together is just that much better. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. You're yeah, lucky maybe. you don't drink red wine. Because mm. to me, red wine and Halloween candy. Oh, my God. I could see red wine and chocolate. It's everything. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe the I'll little... start drinking red wine. Hey, Dark Horse, send us your best red wine and we'll give it a taste. The little Easter eggs with the candy-coated shell. Mm, no, cad... that's not like... You think so? Well, no, the little like Cadbury eggs yeah. with the milk chocolate in the middle with a red wine. Really? Oh, oh, girl. See, the candy shell turns me off a little bit. I would say like a nice dark chocolate with red wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dark chocolate's always the best. In I mean, my I pretty opinion. much only drink white wine and rosé, and that always gives me like a salt tooth. Yeah. Like, I never want candy. Sweet. I always want like mm-hmm. pretzels and almonds. Yep. Well, anyways, you guys want to, <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? You talk about your favorite snacks. <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm putting off our case this week because it's so bad. It's the worst. I know we always say right. that. I didn't know about this case at all. It was a last minute pick. B and I were looking at each other Sunday, hungover the day after we Halloween. We were so numb after everything. It was yeah. so much to take on right. after already having just a long week in general. And B was like, what's our next one? I'm like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. And within minutes, you're like, boom, here we go. Yeah, because I literally Googled mm-hmm. movie based on true crime. Something popped up called Snowtown Murders. I said, great, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And then... I went to go do my research, like I think maybe Wednesday, and got almost nothing. Like if you are in America and you look it up, I looked on Wikipedia, Ranker, Oxygen, all these places, and they all had the same thing, which was only a few paragraphs. Which is basic. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, here's the murderers, here's who they killed, here's the trial, the end. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to have to do much research. And so then I put it off until Thursday night. night. And then still same thing. I saw like a little documentary on it, like a 15 minute documentary on YouTube. (coughs) Same thing where I was like, oh, there's not much to this. You know what? Put it off till Friday. So then finally today, (laughs) this morning, I found a podcast about it. The podcast, I'm sure if you are true crime fans, you've heard of it, is called Case File. It's an Australian podcast about Australian true crime. Episode 19 is about the Snowtown murders, and because it takes place in Australia, they had all the fucking facts and people and twists and turns, and it's the horror. an aggressive amount of information. And then I was like, oh, I fucked up so bad. Like, May I ask, from what I understand, this is their number one serial killer, correct? Well, Did it's it ever say killers? Well, yeah, and I don't know if it's their number one, but, but it's like one of the biggest it's things. The, that um, it's the longest trial in Australian history. Oh wow! Okay, but honestly, by the time I got done writing down all the information about the lead up to and then murders, yeah, you can't. By the time get we into get to trial, trial, yeah, no, I know that there's lots of interesting facts about the trial. Yeah, you know, you can find those on your own, but I kept the the end is real short and sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it's real short. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing tonight. The Snowtown Murders. It's going to be a gruesome one. The only good thing to come of this is the fact that my outfit's super fucking comfortable this week. 
Yeah, and you, I mean, listen, if you guys haven't been on our Instagram to see B's look of the week from last week, you're really missing out. We did a whole photo shoot with her dressed as Michael Myers, and it turned out so good. Like my mom, apparently, we know she follows, but she claims that she doesn't see any of these pictures. And so I went through and showed her some of the highlights. Um, like she was asking about my Halloween outfit, and I wore the same granny nightgown I've done for so many right so I showed her the exorcist and I showed her the Blair Witch and she's like oh these are great I'm like yeah mom get fucking with it <laughs> listen she was very excited about um dark horse wine she liking was our comment she like, was so our excited if she could be proud of any of my accomplishments in life and alcohol liking something that we're doing that that's gonna be it for her I was gonna say what if we get like a um shit like a stoli like what if she Stoli would die. Likes us. She yeah. would die. It'd be that. That'd be it. No, no other couldn't reach any higher of a pinnacle. Oh. Um. What I loved was you pointing out, and you're dead right about how much um, Edmund Kemper looks like your dad. <laughs> Thank you, dude. That picture when he has his hands above the police officers. My heads, dad has that outfit. I he looks. Ex- <laughs> I mean, your dad's not that big. My- but he looks exactly the even the expression on his face. Everything. He looks like your dad. This, yeah, it, that was nuts. I couldn't believe it. Same haircut, same sunglasses. Thank you. It was crazy. Thank you. Anywho, all right, all right. Let's we can't put it, it off any longer. We can't. I'm warning you guys. I got 175 million pages of notes, so bear with me. And I cut a lot of stuff out. I cut whole people out because I was just like. I don't know. I did the same thing. Not important enough. Right? Like you're saying, killers. I focused on two because there was so much going on in the movie. I didn't know what direction it was going to go. Yeah. And I think what I'm going to do, because there's so many names that I thought adding last names was going to be, that's double the names. And then you're going to really lose track. Yeah. So um, the killers, I think I have their last names. The victims, I'm doing on a first name basis. But I think at the end, what I'll do is because... I definitely want their names to be said out yeah. loud. They deserve that. We'll do I'll like just, a remembrance type yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll just list them out real yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a doozy. So here we are with our wine. This Put your a- big girl panties on and let's do this. <laughs> exactly. So um, like I said, I looked at a bunch of different websites, got all the same kind of stuff. So a lot of this is from Case File Episode 19. The host, when you look him up, it says um, like anonymous. So it, look, if you know the host name, Leave a comment. Let me know who it is. And whoever does host that and produce it, great job, guys. Really great podcast. If you want a real true crime podcast that has a lot of information and like ominous background music and like a serious person speaking, that's the route for you. Really great. And Australian crime is fun because we don't know a lot about it here in the U.S. So it's like cases we've never heard of. That's why I asked. Remember, I'm like, this is Australian, right? I'm like, before I get any deeper into this movie. Yeah. And the whole podcast is Australian. So check out Mm -hmm. Case File. I'm definitely going to listen to some more episodes because I really enjoyed it. I bet. And they scared me because I was so into it. And then they had a commercial pop on that they didn't like warn you about. I, was oh like, I jumped like a mile in the air and I'm like, Oh my God, jump. I was really into it. Did they have, um, sexy voices, sexy accents? I mean, it's a sexy accent cause he's Australian, Yeah, but he's being very serious. Right. And very ominous. All right. Fine. But he's Australian. So of course it's sexy. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So. All right. John Bunting is born, um, September 4th, 1966 in Queensland, Australia, which isn't that where our um, our last Australian case took place was near Queensland. 
Or in Queensland? Yeah, maybe. All right, fine. That was so long ago. By the way, let's just get the trigger warning out now, guys. This case has not just a ton of violence, but a ton of sexual assault. A lot of stuff about kids. A lot of kids getting molested. And trigger warning... If you can't listen anymore, we totally understand. It's Move just on. an all-around shit show. Just be prepared. It's awful. And like I said, if you're triggered by those things, just stop listening now because it's it's only going to get worse and worse. Yep. <clears throat> so at eight years old, John is at his friend's house when his friend's older brother holds them both down and straps them to a bed and then calls his friends over to beat and rape both the boys. John is very ashamed and he doesn't tell anyone. He keeps it a secret. He's known for being reserved and quiet in school, but he does love to kill insects. And he loves like like chemistry mm-hmm. and poisons and Yeah. Um at 13, John meets Benny, who's 40 years old, and they become fast friends. And Benny has this great idea. They use John as bait to lure in older men, and then John leads them down alleyways where Benny's waiting and then they beat the fuck out of them for being a potential pedophile. Yep. And that escalates to where they start breaking into houses that um, they think people might be pedophiles. Like they don't even have any proof at this point. They, they just don't care. Assume. Yeah. Um, so this is when John's 17 and they break in and they don't even steal anything. They just like wreck the houses, yeah. graffiti them, smash stuff up. And then Benny dies of cancer. And so John leaves for Western Australia, but his car breaks down in Adelaide, Southern Australia, and he decides to stay. So this is another interesting thing. Almost this whole case takes place in Adelaide, Australia. But they call it. But they call it Snowtown Murders, and it ends in Snowtown. So I don't know why it's not called the Adelaide Murders, but maybe Snowtown has a better ring. Well, maybe we'll figure it out by the end. Maybe. So he meets Veronica. They get married. He works in a laboratory where, guess what a real perk of his job is? Killing the lab test animals. Oh, he loves it. Awesome. Um, he loves to collect weapons. And one of his favorites is a blowtorch because mm. he really loved the damage it did to the neighborhood dog that was annoying him mm. when he used the blowtorch on the dog. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's my trigger warning right there. Yes. I know I should have given a dog trigger warning. I'm sorry. I apologize, everybody. So him and Veronica moved to this neighborhood. And this neighborhood, I don't know if it's this whole area of Adelaide or if it's this neighborhood in particular, but it's a very impoverished place to live. Mm -hmm. Lots of uneducated people. Everyone's collecting some sort of benefit. Everybody's kind of on welfare, which is not a problem for me. It just that leads into a part of this story. Of course. Everyone's getting either um, like disability checks or welfare checks or whatever. Yep. And um, yeah, so that's just part of it. So he meets Mark Hayden, who is a quiet and he's uneducated. And Robert Wagner, who is a slow learner, who was abused by his stepdad. And at seven years old, a teen friend of the family molests him. So he's all fucked up in the head, Robert. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of names, guys. I just, you know, it's going to be what it is. Robert meets, air quote, Vanessa. Vanessa's actually a 30-year-old man named Barry. Ah. Barry Lane. Barry also has the same kind of fucked up childhood that the rest of them had. He starts dressing as a girl at nine, and um, all of that would be fine, except for Barry also loves young boys. In 1980, he goes to jail for sexual assault of a 13-year-old boy. And at 25 years old, he's let out and he still messes around with boys. The locals 
throw rocks at him and yell at him all the time. They're not putting up with it, which I kind of appreciate the energy. Yeah. Um, but Rob becomes friends with Barry, Robert, and his mom is not happy about this. Obviously. Which just leads Robert to stay at Barry's house more and more often um, for longer periods of time. And then when he's 14, he runs away with Barry and they return when Robert's 18 and they're in love and they're in a relationship and they move in together in the same impoverished neighborhood as John and Veronica. Right. And they fight a lot, Robert and Barry. But, you know, there's love there. They love each other a lot, but they have very big blowout violent fights. Um, and also, just on a side note, Robert's a neo-Nazi, and pretty much most of these guys end up being, like, white supremacists. Yeah. And a lot of them end up, um, like, the core group of guys go to, like, they even join, like, a white supremacist group. Okay. And they get kicked out because they're too extreme. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so just a side note there about yeah. the type of people we're dealing with here. All right. So, um, you know, Robert befriends John, but guess what? John hates gay people. Right. He believes all gay men are pedophiles. Full stop. So he can look past that for Robert because him and Robert have such similar childhoods with like the sexual abuse and the rape that he can be friends with Robert. But he flat out hates Barry. Yeah. Barry's scared of him because all John talks about is fucking killing and beating up pedophiles and gay men. Right. And that freaks Barry out because quite frankly, Barry's both of those things. Yeah. Um. So John altogether is just a very controlling, domineering, sort of force of nature person. Robert loves him. He's like obsessed with him. And so is Mark. And they love this talk of like getting like street justice, getting revenge, like sticking it to the pedophiles and beating them up and even killing them and whatever. So Robert isn't in any way sexually attracted to John. I mean, I can't speak for Robert. Okay, but that doesn't. They're come. just like a lot of people end up obsessed with John. Okay, so, so he's very charismatic. Yeah. Again, he knows how to get people on his side mm-hmm. and you know fight my cause. I, and I again, he's dealing with very uneducated, absolutely people. Mm-hmm. So, in comes twenty-two-year-old Clinton. He's their new neighbor. He's ha- he's a happy, sweet outgoing person he's openly gay he's a little flamboyant and he becomes friends of course with barry yeah um and you know because he's friends with barry you have to tack robert onto that because they're a couple but of course john hates him (laughs) every other sentence of this is gonna be like john John hates hates so and so Mm -hmm. john hates fucking everybody yeah um so in 1992 clinton disappears and no one really notices or cares but Barry goes to Veronica, John's wife, and tells him tells her that he believes that John killed or Was harmed involved. Clinton. Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe him. So then he goes back to her, and this time he brings some facts. And he tells her, look, actually, I know that he killed Clinton. It happened in your house. We were all hanging out in the living room, and John came up behind Clinton, hit him upside the head with a shovel, and then continued to beat him to death with that same shovel. So they were there. They were there. They saw it. Mm. So he forced Barry and Mark to dispose of the bodies by taking the body, excuse me, by taking it in Barry's car, driving out of town, and burying poor sweet Clinton. Um, so Veronica tells John that Barry told her, and John freaks out. 
of course, and basically doesn't deny it and threatens to kill her if she ever says anything. Yep. So then she never fucking says anything. Yep. Um. So here comes Elizabeth Harvey, who we're going to call Liz, because there's another Elizabeth later. Oh, of course. So this one's going to be Liz and our future Elizabeth. I'm going to use her full name. Yes. So Liz and her sisters, um, when Liz is seven, they start being sexually abused by her stepdad. Oh, my God. And then as a teen, he starts raping them. Um, and her mom knows about it. She blames her daughters, calls them sluts for leading on or whatever her husband. For being born. Uh, yeah, it's so fucking gross. So in her early 20s, she has a son. His dad's not around. She gets married to an abusive asshole. She has three more sons, divorces. Or no, sorry, he dies. Finally, Liz marries Mark Johnson, who has a son named David, who's 15. All of this is important later. Mm -hmm. But as you can imagine, living that life, Liz is a little fucked up. And she's a bit of a pill popper. I can't say I blame her. And her oldest son, Troy, who was that first son she had without a dad, he is just a fucking terror. He likes to light things on fire. He likes to abuse his mom. And eventually he likes to sexually assault his younger half-brother, Jamie, who's three years younger than Troy. So Jamie keeps this a secret. And eventually their family moves across the street from a known pedophile named Jeff. And by the way, this is it, just assume everybody's living in this this same poor neighborhood that yep. we first learned about with John and Veronica. It's like a trailer park, but with houses. Yeah, I would say so. It's just mm-hmm. like a real poor neighborhood. Yep. So <clears throat> they move across the street from Jeff. Jeff is obsessed with Jamie, is constantly trying to lure him over to his house. Eventually it works. And then he starts taking pornographic pictures of Jamie. And eventually he rapes him. And then he threatens him, of course, that of he course. would kill Jamie's mom if he says anything right so jamie can't really take much more he starts abusing drugs and alcohol again can't say i blame him um jeff is also molesting jamie's younger brothers mm-hmm. um and of course guess who jeff is friends with john. barry lane oh, no barry lane barry. john hates these people no, that's right yeah. barry lane barry also is into jamie and wants to get some action oh god but jeff won't let him because he's too possessive so this pisses Barry off. And so then Barry and Robert go to Jamie's mom, who is Liz, and tells them everything about Jeff. Liz calls the police. Jeff is arrested, but then he's let out on bond and he just gets to go right back to his house, mm-hmm. which feels weird. So obviously Liz is distraught. So now here comes John. John shows up and he's like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Right. So he starts terrorizing Jeff. Again, I'm not against it. No. This part, you know, Mm -hmm. if ever there's a park to side with John, here it is, right? Mm -hmm. So John starts making the pedophile Jeff's life a living hell. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Jeff is sentenced and he goes to prison. And that's the last time we hear about Jeff in this story. Okay. But now Liz is obsessed with John because John kind of stepped up. And like protected her family or yes. whatever. So she's in love with him. Yes. Loves him. Yeah. Um, da, da, da. Hold on. Sorry, guys. I wasn't looking at my paper the whole time. And she's divorced now. So she's strings attached. Her and what's his face got divorced. Um, so 
John starts hanging out at her house a lot. He starts an anti-pedophile group yep. at her house, which is basically just the same dudes we've been talking about. Uh-huh. And um, Jamie is obsessed with John as well. He looks up to him like a father figure that he never had. Of right? course. So eventually Liz and her sons move in with John and his wife, Veronica. And... John ends up using Barry Lane for info on other pedophiles. Of course. So that's how he gets his in on like who's a pedophile and who's not. I can't believe there's so many pedophiles all like hanging out in the same spot. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, John eventually kicks out his wife, Veronica, and starts shacking up with Liz. And um, Barry and Robert get into a really bad violent fight and Barry leaves. So then Rob moves in with John. Mm-hmm. So now here comes Ray. Ray is intellectually handicapped. He's always loved girl things. Um, and he lives on a property of a woman named Suzanne, who is his landlady. He like lives in like a mother-in-law unit yeah, on her property. Yeah, he's got like assisted. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Ray has a history of having sex with animals, Ooh. of exposing himself in public of masturbating in public and there are rumors that he tries to lure boys back to his little house and there are rumors that he's even possibly molested some boys and that's enough for john of course one day ray just disappears um and no one really cares because he's kind of the town weirdo Mm -hmm. right what actually happened was december 1995 john and robert take ray for a ride rob holds him down in the back seat and beats him with a metal it says pole. I like to think pipe because a pole sounds really long. So I'm going to say pipe, metal yeah. pipe. Um, they go to John's house where they keep beating him. And then, hey, Liz joins in. Oh. And then eventually John strangles him to death and they bury him in the backyard. Now, in the middle of all of this, for whatever reason, Suzanne, his landlady, becomes obsessed with John. Yeah. What is it about this John guy? Uh- again very charismatic so she kind of starts stalking him driving by the house hitting on him calling him but he fucking hates suzanne yeah because he feels like if suzanne was there the whole time and saw what was going on with ray then that's the same thing as her condoning his behavior Mm -hmm. because she didn't step up and do anything about it Mm -hmm. so suzanne disappears Mm -hmm. um and some neighbors do report that in the middle of the night, they see men entering her house and carrying her furniture out. Oh. And after that report, her car goes missing. Mm-hmm. And so then her brother files a missing report with the police, but her bank account is still active. And someone, as I mean, you would assume it's Suzanne, is still depositing her pension check and then withdrawing it like the same right. day. Mm-hmm. And she even files for a change of address. So the police are like, okay. They look up the address that she changed to and guess whose name the house is in? John Bunting. I was going to say. So the police call him and of course he knows nothing. I mean, like he knows her, but maybe she moved? Oh, question mark. okay. And the family's like, all right. I mean, her bank account's still active. Sure. And this dude says that he saw her, so she's probably fine. Right. That gets dropped. Um. Suzanne is actually cut into pieces and buried on top of Ray. So oh. that's where Suzanne is. All right. Here comes Nicole. Single mom, sex worker, abused in the past by her dad and stepdad, moves to Adelaide in 1997 and becomes 
friends with a I'm going to say man, Michael, but I don't think that's how they identify because he went by Michelle, who is a lovely person. He dresses as a woman. He's openly gay. Um, and he actually ends up being roommates with Nicole. He moves in and she has no problem with his lifestyle. She even like does his makeup and nails and they do makeovers together yeah. and they're having a great time. Yeah. So because they all live in the same neighborhood, she becomes friends with Jamie. But of course, Jamie hates Michael. Because they, their whole group is against that type right. of stuff. Um, but Robert meets Nicole's cousin, Maxine, and they start dating. So eventually everybody meets each other and gets to know each other. And then Nicole has to go out of town. And then 10 days later, while she's still out of town, her friend calls her and lets her know that her house has been ransacked. A bunch of her stuff is stolen and Michael is gone. Oh. So Nicole thinks it was Michael and she's shocked that he would do that. Mm. so out of his nature um and it's also weird because he leaves his wallet behind like, right so would he would take your identity your identification behind yeah. mm -hmm. and so then nicole starts getting um phone calls from michael's quote-unquote friend this mystery friend asking if they can get michael's wallet back to give to him and she's like fuck no, no. i want to see him and talk to him well, and obviously. find out what happened right and so then she gets a call from Michael, but she knows it's not Michael because she knows his voice. She's so, not stupid. Right. And so this makes her very suspicious. Here's what really happened to Michael. Oh. Michael was playing with Maxine's kids very innocently, just having fun, running around. But Robert doesn't like this because mm. Michael's gay. Yep. So he takes him to John's house where they beat and torture him for hours using electrocution and burning where they finally strangled him, dismembered him and put him into a barrel. Ugh. This is the first time we see a barrel. That's this is the Snowtown murders, but you also might have heard about it being the bodies in the barrels. Yes. Yeah. It's an mm -hmm. ongoing theme. OK. Mm hmm. Wine sip. All right. So we're going back to Barry Lane. That kind of sounds like a fun, sounds like a fairy book, like a like a fairy tale place you would live. Barry Lane. Barry Lane, mm -hmm. where the Muffin Man is. So Barry, Barry Lane, Barry is friends with a woman named Michelle, not to be mixed up with the, the former Michael, Michael known as Michelle, mm -hmm. a different woman. And in October 1997, Michelle gets a phone call from Barry. He says, I had to go out of town last minute. Can you take care of my dogs? And she's like, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh -huh. But Barry never returns. John and Robert have Barry. They are torturing Barry by crushing his toes with pliers. And they actually force him through torture to make that phone call to Michelle. Yep. To, tri to trick her into thinking that he's somewhere else. Yep. And they also make him call his mom and scream obscenities at his mom. Oh. Which just really cuts deep, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, just top it off. Mm -hmm. They also force him to give... Um, them his debit card with his pin number so they can get Make his account. The account. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, um, they strangle him and they uh, dismember him and they put him in a barrel. Mm -hmm. Now this whole time, Barry has a roommate named Thomas. I don't know why they didn't think about that beforehand, but whatever. However, Thomas is a paranoid schizophrenic who has violent tendencies and is kind of off his meds a little bit. And so John and Robert just hang him from a tree. Oh, okay. And then authorities just think that's suicide because he's a paranoid schizophrenic right. off his meds. Totally. Um, so there you go. Barry and his roommate out of the way. 
And by the way, the fact that Robert's doing this to somebody that he like loved and was in a relationship for with a very long time. I know. I get that Barry is a pedophile and he groomed Robert. And again, I kind of don't hold it against Robert, although the torture is hard to swallow. But man, what a mind fuck that must be. Absolutely. Um, so Jamie, he's friends with this addict named Gavin because they're mm-hmm. both addicts. Mm-hmm. Gavin moves in. To Jamie's mom, remember Liz? Yes. Moves in to her house with Jamie and John, right? Mm-hmm. John lives there too. Right. And uh, guess what John hates? Addicts. John hates addicts. <laughs> he puts up with Jamie's bullshit because they're so close and he's like a son. Obviously. But in general, he has a problem with addicts. Yep. And Liz warns him. She's like, look, he already has a problem with this. If I guess Gavin keeps leaving like used needles around the house. Okay. Which, in all fairness, I would also have a very big problem with. But she's like, you got to stop doing that shit. Gavin doesn't listen. And two days after John sits on one of Gavin's needles mm. in his favorite chair, Gavin disappears. Mm-hmm. John and Robert invite Jamie to the back shed where Gavin's dead body is on the floor. He's been beaten. He's been tortured. And he also gave them his pin number and debit card. Um, and so they dismember him put him in a barrel and now jamie is scared shitless yeah yep it got real intense for jamie yep august like how old no idea i can't keep track i'm guessing maybe what 15 16 no 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 no. i think he's an adult is he i don't know i hey we haven't had a follow-up in forever yeah follow up for next week how old is jamie um so August 1998. Don't worry. We're not even halfway done. Just oh, sit tight. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. We're like halfway done. Maybe two thirds. <laughs> Jamie's piece of shit. Older brother, Troy. Remember him? Yes. Raped Jamie. Uh-huh. He's asleep at his mom Liz's house. <sighs> um, Where Robert and Mark go tell Jamie to go to Troy's room. Uh-huh. Jamie goes there and finds John standing there with handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Tells him it's time to get revenge for that shit that happened in the past. So they handcuff Troy. They beat the shit out of him. Yep. And, um, you know, they drag him into a bathtub. They torture him. They make him record a message for mm-hmm. his mom saying that he's leaving or whatever. Yep. This is their go-to thing because that thing with Michael didn't work. Where uh-huh. they like pretended to be Michael and yeah, Nicole no. was like, fuck off. So they've gotten so smarter since. So now they know to mm-hmm. do these like recorded messages to their family members. And this is way back when nobody had cell phones or social media or right, whatever. Right, right. So if you got a phone call from your family member saying like, I'm going to move or whatever. Yeah. I hate you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. That's you kind of just took it. Uh-huh. So he records a message for his mom, Liz, um, gives him his PIN number, debit card, and Robert, his speciality, what he loves to do, and this is reminiscent of um, John Wayne Gacy, Robert loves to strangle them to where they almost pass out, Mm -hmm. revive them, and then do it again and again and again. Right. Until he finally kills him, and they dismember him, and they put him in a barrel. Barrel. So now the family moves. By family, I mean Liz, John, whatever kids are still alive. They decide to move. But John's scared to move the barrels for obvious reasons. So he puts them over at Mark's house. But guess what? John hates Mark's wife, Elizabeth. Oh, my God. So John's married to Liz. Mark is married to an Elizabeth. Right. That's how we're going to differentiate the two. Right. He hates Mark's wife because she's overweight and she's a bad mom in his eyes. 
He also hates Elizabeth's nephew, Fred. He thinks Fred's a pedophile, but he has no evidence to back this up whatsoever. Doesn't matter because everything he thinks is right. Right. So one night when Fred's on his way to a party, John, Robert and Mark stop him and ask him for help. And so he goes along to John's house to help where they drag him into a bathtub and they beat the shit out of him and they want him to confess to his pedophile ways. But he won't. He won't admit to it. And uh, so then they just beat him and torture him to the point where he'll say anything to make oh them stop. My and so he finally does a false confession. And in return for his confession, they stick sparklers into his penis lit. They burn cigarettes out on his genitals. They, of course, still beat the shit out of him. They crush his toes with pliers. Right. Where they eventually strangle him. At that point, why even confess? Because you're going to be fucking tortured either way. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I think you're just so desperate for it to end. I know. And then they dismember him and put him in a barrel. Uh Uh-huh. And then the mom gets a call. So the mom is uh, Elizabeth's sister. Gets a call from Fred, which was, of course, was a forced recorded message. Uh She believes it. And everyone goes about their business. A lot of people just mysteriously up and moving. And leave these messages. <laughs> right. Well, no, they don't know it's messages. They think they're on the phone with them. Oh. So they're playing the recorded message on the phone. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So here comes Gary. An alcoholic drifter. John hates Gary because he's an an epileptic. Oh, shut up. I was going to say because he's an alcoholic drifter, but no. no. Because he has epilepsy. Wow. John hates that about him. Well, he really should have just not done that then, right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So because John hates him, Jamie lures Gary in, who's kind of lonely. He becomes, air quote, friends with him. He learns that he's Gary's single and he's alone. He has nobody living with him. And he does get a disability check for the epilepsy. And so Jamie introduces him to his friends. Yeah. John and Robert and Mm -hmm. whoever else. The whole crew. Where they do the same thing to poor Gary. Beat him, torture him, get his pin number. Get his check. Steal his shit. Kill him. Put him in a barrel. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Police activity. Where are the police? What's happening with the police? Hey. The police are interested in Robert because he is the one connection between Barry, who is missing, but account is still active. Right? Okay. And Clinton from the very beginning, because by this time they've found Clinton's body. A a (gasps) farmer found him. Oh. Clinton's mom reports him missing. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have enough to go on to assume it's Clinton, but they don't have exact, like, a DNA match or anything. Okay. So they're kind of assuming it's Clinton. Robert is a connection between those people. Correct. So they kind of have their eyeballs on Robert. Um, They do a surveillance. A surveillance. Mm -hmm. A surveillance because... Um, I can't remember if it's Barry's account or from the very beginning, it's um, Suzanne's account. But somebody's account is getting withdraws on the same day and around the same time every week. That's super suspicious. Mm-hmm. So they set up surveillance and they see John yeah. going in there and he's the one doing it. Right. They try to open an investigation. They get denied because the police are overworked. They say it's not enough to go off of. No investigation. Bullshit. So one month after Gary's death, Mark is talking to his brother-in-law, Elizabeth's brother, right? Mm-hmm. 
And he tells him that they had gotten into a huge fight and Elizabeth stormed off and just left. Oh. And he hasn't seen her since. Oh. Bro is automatically suspicious because that's so far out of his sister's nature. Thank you. And his sister and Mark fought all the time and she never took off. Also, she left her kids with Mark and that's not even their dad. There we go. So they're like, why would she just leave her kids behind? Mm-hmm. So, um... Got to so, know yourself. Sorry. I know. I'm trying to figure it out here. Uh, Gets to a huge fight. Elizabeth left. Not like her. So Mark does tell John that he had told Elizabeth about Clinton. Okay. Mark freaks or Mark freaks out. John, John freaks, freaks out. out. Mm-hmm. John freaks out. And so then one night when Mark is out of the house, John and Robert attack Elizabeth and... I mean, listen, it's a broken record. They take her into a bathtub. They peed her. They torture her. They dismember her. They put her in a barrel. Uh, Mark gets home. And John claims that she had hit on him. And when he denied her, she was so upset that she just up and left. Oh. So that's what Mark has been told. That's what Mark up until a certain point believes. Yeah. Right. So four days later, Elizabeth's friends are very concerned. Um, but once they start getting concerned, they get these phone calls from that Elizabeth just clears everything up clears everything up and they go okay I guess these magical calls um but again they're very shocked that she'd leave her kids behind so eventually John shows Mark her body in a barrel and Mark laughs oh and he still collects her welfare check yeah so you know it's a real win-win for Mark mm-hmm. um but the brother does file a missing persons report and that gets to the desk of Detective Greg Stone. And Greg wants to know why the brother filed a missing persons report and not her husband. Like, that's suspicious. Yeah. Way to go. And he remembers the name Robert Wagner from being the connecting piece to Barry and Clinton. All right. We got someone actually fucking paying attention. We're heating up. We're heating up. Yeah, we're piecing it together. So John starts worrying about all this police attention. And he wants to move the barrels. He can only move four at a time. So the fifth barrel he takes to Jamie's house. Uh He puts the other four barrels on his friend's property, but they smell really bad. Oh, and his wife complains, but they still stay there. Um, And by this point, the police now believe that Elizabeth has met some sort of foul play. So they search the house and they find all of her personal belongings, all of her identification, her clothes. Nothing's been gone through. Nothing Mm -hmm. looks removed or packed or anything. Anything. Like, why wouldn't you bring your fucking ID with you? Right. Everything else is already so fucking weird. And then Mm -hmm. this. So. They search the garage. Yeah. Where the barrels used to be. Okay. It smells fucking horrific. Awful. And because they're police officers and detectives, they know what that smell is. Yes. But there's just nothing in the garage to explain it. Right. So you can't arrest them based on a smell. Right. So now we're up to 1999. B and I are officially in ninth grade, guys. Hey, ninth grade in 99. Okay. You've never figured that out? No. That's how I keep track of my grades in my years. I've never even cared to keep track of the grades in years. So whatever year we were going into, whatever grade we were going into, that's the year it was. So 97 was 7th grade. 98 was 8th grade. 99 was 9th grade. Well, that's convenient. Thank you for that. 95 was 5th grade. Awesome. Look at what came out of this horrific podcast. (laughs) I finally taught Bailey 20 years later. Hey. About our grade year matchup. Okay. So 1999, John's friend who is 
keeping the barrels warm, which by the way, in case you're wondering, John tells him and his wife that it's like dead kangaroos. Yeah. That he had illegally shot like out of season. Oh. And so he has to keep them in the barrels. Totally. Instead of just burying them or yeah. burning them or eating them. Right. What are you supposed to do with the kangaroos after you shoot them? <laughs> right. So John's friend is moving to, where do you think he's moving to? Snowtown, Australia. That's oh, right. We're finally we're in, in Snowtown. Snowtown. John helps him move because he's a good friend. And also he wants to make sure that these barrels get moved <laughs> with the rest of their stuff. Could you imagine? Let's put ourselves these in John's friend's barrels. wife's shoes. No. Where she's like, I guess we can keep the barrels on our property. That's one thing. Yeah. Already more generous than I would probably be. Of course. But then to be like, oh, and you want us to move it to our new house? These yeah. four stinky barrels of rotten kangaroo meat? Yeah. No, bruh. You miss me with that. But uh-huh. I guess she's a saint. But on their way through the move, John sees this old bank for rent. And so he decides to rent it. And that's where he puts his barrels. <laughs> in the vault of the bank. Yes. So May 1999, for whatever reason, I didn't see a reason why, or maybe they told me on the podcast and I didn't hear it. Jamie lures in his ex-stepbrother, David. Oh, my God. <laughs> he takes David to the bank where Robert and John are waiting. And... Uh, they do all the same shit they did before with yeah. all the other people. Yeah, I don't need yeah. to list it again. Right. Um, and they strangle him and they dismember him and they put him in a barrel. But. Wait, do we know why? What is it about this? Dude? That's what I said. I didn't read no. anything okay. and they might have said something on case file and I just missed it. Because I feel but the something same about David. Yeah. They maybe they just were had a hunger for murder at yeah. this point. No, because I feel the same <clears> way. OK. Um. So they dismember most of David. <laughs> they do keep enough of David to cook and eat. Oh, so they really took it up a notch. Yep. Okay. So uh, they take his meat back to somebody's house, maybe John's house, cook it up, and have wow. a little bit of human flesh. So after all the fucking panic over the barrels, mm-hmm. no, no worries there. Let's start eating people. Yeah. I mean... It's a little bit more logical than keeping them in barrels at your friend's house, but yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's so bad. It's so horrific. We're almost done, guys. I'm at the end. (laughs) I promise. Okay. So David's missing. Yeah. His fiance shows up like, what is going on? What the fuck? Yeah. And she shows up to David's house where she finds John and Robert stealing his furniture. Oh, my. You guys. So John makes her believe that David left her. And that, uh, whatever, he doesn't want to be with her anymore. He has a mistress, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he said that they could have all of his shit. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Now detectives get to Snowtown. I don't know why. Maybe because David's missing? Sure. Okay. May 20th. They find the barrels in the vault. They do that because, honestly, I'm not sure how. There's like some sort of chain of events that lead them to John's friend who had stored the barrels for all that time. Okay. Who thinks it's kangaroo meat. So, of course, he's complying <laughs> with the officers. He's like, yeah, sure. That's my buddy, John. And, and, he, just... I, and he actually moved the barrels because they smelled really bad. And he <sighs> put them in his new bank that he rents <laughs> for a storage locker. And, yeah, I have a key. Of course I have a key. It's my friend. Gives the police officers the key. They oh, show up to the vault. Wow. 
instant traumatization for the rest of their fucking <laughs> lives when they find Could what's you in this imagine? vault. Oh my god. They find six barrels containing eight bodies, mm-hmm. weapons, gloves, and everyone's arrested. Yeah. The first one to who do you think the first one to crack under pressure is? Jamie. How'd you know? Because you saw the movie. Yes. <laughs> Jamie cracks. He confesses in an eight hundred page confession or a statement. Eight hundred page. <laughs> And then they charge him with the murder of David. So he gives a second interview that's 2,000 pages long. Mm. He's singing to everybody who will listen. Elizabeth Harvey talks as well. That's Liz. Sorry, Liz talks. Correct. Um, John and Robert go on trial. It's the largest, longest trial in Australian history. Uh, They get... I can't read my own handwriting, guys. Um, John is... Oh, because it lasts 12 months. John is charged with all 11 murders. Robert's charged with 10 of them. And then the other guys that were involved, one of them uh, pleads guilty to four of the murders. Um, Mark gets charged with assisting of a murder. And so John is uh, sentenced to 11 consecutive life terms um, with no parole. And Robert's sentenced to 10 consecutive life terms with no parole. I don't know what happens to the rest of them. Who knows? So... There you go, guys. The Snowtown Murders. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Twists. Turns. You don't know what's going on. The movie doesn't pick up until Liz. Yeah. Okay. Right? All that other shit in the beginning gets totally overlooked. I got to be honest. I'm exhausted. I'm sure you are. I'm exhausted listening to you. How, many-, how, how many people stopped listening by now? Whew. Well, luckily, I can just kind of blow through this. B was not a fan, guys. I was not. It was just also like a hard movie to watch. I don't know if it's just the way that I streamed it or if that's the way that it was made. But I felt like the audio was really unclear. It felt like a lot of mumbling. But I've got it all clear right now. I've got a real fucking clear picture. Did that help clear up the movie? Very much so. Real quick, let me let me list off the victims. Rest oh, in peace. Oh, that's right. And I guarantee you I'm going to get some names wrong. I apologize. I'm American. It wouldn't be our podcast if you didn't. Clinton Tracy's, Ray Davies, Suzanne Allen, Michael Michelle Gardner, Barry Vanessa Lane, Thomas Trillian, Gavin Porter, Troy Ude, Frederick Brooks, Gary O'Dwyer, Elizabeth Hayden, and David Johnson. So rest in peace. I'm so sorry that you guys met the most fucked up people in Australia. For real, though. No, just that anyone would move to that area. Anyone in that area that lived in that neighborhood basically just got sucked into this death trap. Yeah, and it's so weird that they all had like sexual assaults in their past mm-hmm. and they all like there were so many pedophiles lurking around. I feel around. like Australia, that's like their way of just moving those people out <laughs> Well, you have to live here. You guys work it out. Because mm-hmm. we open, same thing. Find family down on their luck, living in a bad neighborhood, four boys, I guessed, between the ages of like nine and 17. Okay. Okay. Um, we see them having like pictures taken of them in their underwear for the younger boys, mm. naked for the older boys. Mm, don't like that. Right. And this was this the instant that you were very mad at me for choosing. This Snowtown is how they <laughs> open the fucking <laughs> movie. Saying, the first instant you're like, really? Yeah. We're not even Just leading up to this right off the bat. Mm-hmm. 
and you see this fucking disgusting human man naked sitting in the kitchen just casually like eating at the kitchen table <laughs> apparently the mom's oblivious to all of it who it, now i realize is liz i mean liz was popping a lot of pills yeah and um it's barry that informs her of what's going on mm-hmm. right with her boyfriend that lives across the street oh so they made her boyfriend be jeff the pedophile yep interesting mm-hmm and so Barry informs her of what's going on. We see them wake up the next day. She makes the boys a really nice breakfast. And then she goes and beats the shit out of her boyfriend. Okay, Liz. Oh, she fucking goes at it hard. Yes. Right. I was rooting for her at this point. I was like, yes, girl, do it. She calls the police. They don't do shit. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. All right. We see them at church. And there's this man that keeps staring at her. Oh. And I piece together that it's her ex. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the dad to the other boys. Right? They never make it clear. But he has a son of his own who we now know. So now we would assume that he, in theory, in the real story, would be her second husband. Yeah. Mar- I think his name was Mark, too. Or oh, Marcus. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One morning, the boys wake up. They find their mom and Barry and John cooking up a storm. I thought you were going to say in bed. No, right? (laughs) No. It's like, yes, spicy. Mm -mm, No, they're having a good old time. They're just shooting the shit. And the boys are like shocked, right? They've never really experienced anything like this. And the mom's making a bomb ass fucking breakfast. I swear the boys at this point had been living off of like noodles. Yeah. Right. And now they're getting like eggs and bacon. And so they're like, okay, I'm down. By the way, whatever. Nothing. I understand it's fake. Nothing makes me more mad. I don't know movie Liz's circumstances that maybe she wasn't able to provide that for her sons herself. But I don't like it in movies when moms. It's like if you're a single mom and you can't hack it and the only thing you can have for breakfast is cereal because that's all you can afford. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But when you choose to do that and then as soon as they get a boyfriend, they're like pancakes and sausages and and you're like, you know what, bitch? Right. I know. I don't like it. And to be fair, I don't know what the fuck she did. She would be gone all the time and then just pop up Mm -hmm. at home. So it's like I'm like, was she going to a job? And does not. this take place in, um, in the, the 80s? In the 90s. 90s? In okay. the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because that's when ours takes place too, huh? Correct. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know when my own case took place. <laughs> Talk to me about ninth Sorry. grade in 99. <laughs> Jump back to the 80s. But anyway, so over breakfast, just casual conversation. What do you think they're talking about? Young boys? Pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> like who are these motherfuckers in our town and how can i get my hands on them kind of a thing again listen that part of it i'm down i, I get it i can empathize with it's just you know we take it to a level where it so gets for crazy. me watching the movie john's a great guy at this point right right like he does not seem like a piece of shit for once the boys are getting the kind of father figure they mm-hmm. need and the mom, Liz, seems really happy. And I'm sure that's true in real life, too. Like, right. When you first heard him talk, you'd be like, yeah. And his relationship it. with Barry is not as fucked up in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he's not as against gay people as he is just strictly pedophiles. Not yet. Okay. Oh, OK. <laughs> Stay tuned. So anyways, so at first, John starts encouraging the boys and his crew 
like let's just go fuck with the guy right so they're like revving its engine of his motorcycle all throughout the night and what guy is this some known pedophile the guy across the street okay. that was fuck- taking now pictures boyfriend mm-hmm. they're like writing fag on his windows he'll get the kids ice cream and they'll eat part of it and then they'll smear it all over his windows and his doors right, <laughs> right. innocent fun right well just yeah. a good old time. the f word is a little off-putting uh, i know right on all the windows it's weird mm-hmm. in the ice cream even right I'm a little offended by the waste of ice cream. I got to be honest. So, John, I'm considering like the vigilante for the the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He kills some kangaroos one day. Oh. Brings them back to the house and he's chopping them up. Uh Uh-huh. And Jamie walks out like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like queasy. Like, he does not like the sight of the blood. He does not like the body parts or Mm -hmm. whatever. But John's like, we're going to go fucking throw this at his house. Those poor kangaroos. Absolutely. I was appalled. You're not even going to eat them? You're no. just going to waste them? And they looked like real fucking kangaroos uh, in the movie. Like and it that. was super savage. And I was not into it whatsoever. I should have had a dog trigger warning. You should have. Cursing <laughs> your name. You should have had a kangaroo trigger warning for people. All right. So they go and they throw it all over his front porch across the street. And so they finally convince him to move. <laughs> That'll do it. He does not get taken away by the police, right? The police mm-hmm. never get involved. Okay. So at this point, John and Liz start their relationship, right? Because mm-hmm. she is just over the moon. Like, oh, my God, for you to do that for my family. You kind of a kangaroo. <laughs> I know. I get it, though. I mm-hmm. do get it. Like, if there is some asshole doing that to your kids, you would be very into whoever put a stop to it. Absolutely. So, again... John is spending more time with the boys, really focusing his attention on Jamie. Mm-hmm. They shave their heads together. He teaches him how to ride his motorcycle. And then one day they're in the kitchen together and John's like, I know about Troy mm-hmm. and what he did to you and what he's been doing to you. And he's... You got to hold it up a little bit. Ugh make me do work he's super fucking aggressive about it he's like do you like getting fucked oh sir right why don't you grow some balls and forces jamie to shoot their fucking family dog what yeah what's the dog have to do with anything just to make jamie be a man and grow some balls that is not a man behavior i know i think he was preparing him for what he would be doing next i mean listen I'm not going to say Troy deserves it, but the dog certainly does not. Uh, no, I swear to you. I was so, uh, b- after the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, right? I'm like, I don't even know. So that sorry, B. <laughs> so and then Jamie comes home and he walks up to the door and like catches his mom and John doing something. We got flashes of blood in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but we never saw a murder. So I'm left to assume that she's like helping him cover something up and she's not letting Jamie into the house. Okay. Right. And John comes and slams the door in his face and he walks away like this is totally normal. Like this is not a big deal at all. Oh, they're fighting. It's all good. Everything's fine. But the relationship between John and Liz is getting strained at this point. Mm -hmm. Like they're no longer this like happy couple anymore, but she keeps them around because he makes the boys happy, especially like her younger boys. Yeah. Right. No one notices that Jamie's becoming like a total piece of shit, like shell of himself. 
Like, yeah, you know, he comes home one night. Sorry, Jamie comes home one night after taking the younger brother to like a movie and notices that John has a bandage on his arm. And John casually takes him out into the backyard mm-hmm. and he's got his friend, his junkie friend, Gavin, like in a tarp. Oh, right. Uh-huh. We, we don't see anything. So we jumped over a few murders. Yeah. And jumped right to Gavin. Absolutely. OK. Mm-hmm. And um, Jamie goes out and pukes and is just like, how could you do this? Why would you do this? And John is very, again, casual, just like he was a worthless junkie. And he got what he deserved. And I'm doing you a favor. John is very, um, upon retrospect, a little bit like Jigsaw. Where it's like any little thing Mm Jigsaw is going to fucking kidnap you and put you. He's like, oh, you called Mm -hmm. in sick to work that one time and really went to the bar. Right. Now you have to fight your way through this barbed wire because you're an asshole. Uh Come on, Jigsaw. Be a little bit cooler, man. John makes Jamie help dump the body. And Jamie doesn't say a word. And then couple days who knows whatever later john wakes up jamie and makes him watch as he and his crew right i don't know if it's robert mark whoever at this point yeah they pull troy out of his bedroom yeah they handcuff him to like a towel rack and he's in the bathtub and they have his legs restrained by like tape Mm-hmm. And they do the pliers on the toes. Uh, do they show it all? Oh, yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's really long and drawn out. They do the choking yeah. and then release and the choking and the release. And that's when Jamie steps in almost like in an act of kindness. Right. You would think where he just ends up choking out his stepbrother. Just rather half- end. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just finishes the job. And like even in the real case, Jamie was on board for like the beating part where he's like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. We should beat him because he did do that to me. Right. But he was not prepared for the torture and murder. Right, part, right, right, right. Where he's right. like, that's a line to cross. Right. And um, before Jamie killed him, they did do a recording. And this is mm-hmm. the first time we see them make a recording. Mm-hmm. And as he continues strangling his brother, you hear other recordings. Like, this is something that they've been doing. Like, mm-hmm. we know he's killed other people. We just didn't get to see it. There's yep. many recordings, right? Okay. So that's how they kind of just casually go over. Tie it in, and you know, like, oh, these guys are up to no good for uh-huh. a long time. Exactly. So, again, like I said, Jamie's basically a shell. How right? I feel... Listen, I know Jamie did some fucked up things and I can't defend anyone in this story. But if there's ever someone that I have a little bit of a soft spot for, he's it's just, Jamie. He's so broken yeah. and withdrawn. And John is totally taking advantage of that. You are no like screaming at him. You're no one. You're worthless without me. You'll never be good for anything. Like the least you can do is help me like complete my mission in life by oh, like cleansing. Lord. Right. So. One day, he, John and his crew take Jamie, like, miles away to mm-hmm. another town, which you cleared up. They take him to this bank. Okay, so they finally go to Snowtown. Because for me, I'm like, we're in some fucking weird building. I'm like, I don't even know what this building is. It looks like yeah. an abandoned ghost town. Right. Okay. <laughs> and equipped with bags of cement, a duffel bag full of God knows what kind of tools, mm-hmm. and all the barrels. Okay. Right. And they And have you seen them put people in barrels have yet? Have not. Okay. No. So you're like, this is what are the, the first barrels? time we're seeing the barrels. Okay. Right. 
and they like put tarps up on the all around the room and so we know it's going to be like some kind of kill room or some kind of secure room of some sort but we haven't seen anything and um we see jamie lore and the kid from the beginning of the movie at the church the half brother stepbrother whatever and he does it with like a computer sale like oh come check out I actually think that is what it was. Yeah. That is how he lured. I don't know why he chose David still, but that is how he lured David in was with right. buying a computer. It never seemed like he was a bad guy. Never once did we get any indication that he or his dad, right. however he was involved in Liz's life, was a bad guy. Yeah. Right? But that is. He lured him in with a computer sale. Okay. So, yes. And they take him to the bank and the door closes. We don't ever get to see what happens to him. Uh-huh. And my movie ended with these facts. So they claim that it's Australia's worst serial killer was John Bunting. Could be. Because he was found guilty of all 11 murders. Yeah. And sentenced to life in prison without parole is what the movie said. Yeah. I Correct. Yeah. So and then Jamie, because he pled guilty to four of the murders. Yeah, he was the one who pled guilty to four. Mm-hmm, he received a life sentence with no parole for 26 years. So technically he's eligible for parole at the age of like 45 in 2025. Yeah. I don't think, listen, I don't know. I'm not from Australia. I don't know how they feel about him just from what I've heard on the podcast. You know, I think with maybe some deep therapy, he might be able to be released. I thought this was interesting. They also noted that because he testified against his co-accused, Mm-hmm. they had to put him in an undisclosed location under a different name. Yeah, so that I, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also, I would like to say that authorities had offered him the possibility of being let off or a lighter charge mm-hmm. for his testimony. And after he gave him all that testimony, they're like, yeah, we reviewed it in. Now nah, we're just going to give you the full brunt of it. Right. And they did. They mentioned Robert. But for me, because the movie was so like choppy and timeline and everything, like I didn't even consider those other people relevant. But clearly in your story, they were They're super relevant. like I never put the relationship between Robert and Barry and the other guy. I'm just like, oh, these are I just couldn't like their crew. Right. His. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they probably boys. did that for time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably Obvious. talked about that case for almost as long. Like, how long, long was that movie? As long as my Halloween movies. <laughs> no, not no, that. Just... But like, how long was the movie? Um, Like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like it, there's so much to cut down into an hour and 45 right. minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, there you go. And so how many skulls do you give it, B? So you asked me that earlier and I said a one. Mm-hmm. I think I'll give it a two. Whoa. Just because now that I I said the same thing kind of about the Gacy movie. Like once I know more about the actual true crime, Mm -hmm. when I think back at how the actual movie was done, I can see it now. right? Right. But knowing nothing going in blind, it was not a clear movie. All right. So So, take it for that. Okay. One and a half to two skulls. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. I was definitely talk- not something I'll be watching ever again. <laughs> what would you rather watch? That or the fourth kind? The fourth kind. Oh. Over and over again. Okay. Dead kangaroos and dead dogs and fucking pedophiles. No, thank you. How you feel about these movies is kind of how I feel about the Harry Potter movies, which I love a lot. But because I've read the books 
so many times. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how anybody understands what's happening in Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Just because I they cut out whole storylines. They cut out whole characters. Right. So when I watch it, it seems so choppy and disjointed. I'm like, how does anybody know what's going on? Right. But apparently people do. Yeah. Anyways. Well, there you go. And what's your look of the week? Super convenient, comfortable, baggy ass jeans, my beat up tennis shoes, and one of poor Nick's undershirts that I cut the sleeves off of. Nice. So you're going for like a white trash. Mm-hmm. Well, I will show you my inspiration. It's like a couple, I don't know if it's a movie poster or an advertisement, but in one he's wearing basically what I'm wearing. And then I want to try to recreate the double faces. I know. Would it be better with me or Lou? Probably with Lou if he's yeah. willing to do it. Of course it. he is. He doesn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. What do you want to talk about? Anything else? Well, what have you been watching? I've been watching Married at First Sight season seven. seven. Yep. Um, I Tell think me about where you're at in season six. I think you've gotten six confused with the blondes from the past because you made this girl out to be so evil. No, I didn't. Molly. You, you did. Well, how far are you into it? They're only like three weeks left and they're still perfectly fine. What? Yeah. No, just wait. Just wait. Okay, because you were like, I mean. Because I, she like, once the cameras turn off, she like cusses at him okay. and like no, we didn't freezes get, him out. We didn't get any of that yet. Well. Okay. So it's, it's coming. Yeah. Because she done the weird redhead wig yes, thing yet? Uh-huh. And they had a fight, but then they completely got over it. And it was like no big deal. And they've been fine ever since. And she won't have sex with them, but she's no worse than the girl from last season or the blonde who quit two weeks in. Yeah. Right? Because you made it seem like she wouldn't even live with him. And she's still <laughs> living with him. And there's only three weeks left to go. I don't they know. hit their one month anniversary. I swear you've gotten but three she, blondes she mixed into one. F- I mean, it's easy for us brunettes to just pull up all <laughs> no, the for re- And I wouldn't blame you. They're all basically the same person. But this one's way nicer than I was expecting her to be. Really? Yeah. Way nicer. She like ices him out. Not at all. Yeah, she not at all. Stop it. Yes, she does. They share a bed together. They laugh. They have she date doesn't nights. like kiss him or hold his hand or hug him. But she's still nicer than the chick from last season. But what you maybe haven't gotten to yet is the fact that that's a camera thing. And okay. then once the camera's cut, yeah. she like is total. See you next Tuesday to him. Okay. And I guess I can we'll see. wait and see. I know. But I did rewatch the one month anniversary, which we watched together. And okay. I think that's when you finally like really sold me. And that was probably a podcast night, right? Oh, I'm sure. We were done podcasting. And so we were watching yeah. it with Bian. Bian, who's not here. Not here this weekend, guys. And um, so it's Shawnice and Jeffy. Mm-hmm. And I finally, right, Jeffy's won me over. He's... The two of them are just the best. Aren't they the cutest? The best. Mm-hmm. I love them. But I remember you and I cracking up because, do you remember what she got him? A stripper pole? No, that was before. Oh, that sorry. was just for kicks. That was just a good old time. That was yeah. just because she could. <laughs> What'd she get him? Immediately, as soon as she got married, she's like, I'm getting lingerie. I'm getting a stripper pole. She got him socks. <laughs> socks and like a button-up shirt. Yeah. 
That's and right. You and, and oh, I. And he got her a bunch of stuff, yeah, like a frame. Sentimental picture. made her cry. <laughs> yes, we were dying. We were laughing That's so, so hard. That's so funny. They're they're at like a romantic dinner. Yeah. She's like, here's your socks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but did he like the socks? He understood. <laughs> He's like, well, I do wear a lot of socks. So. <laughs> I do wear a lot of socks. He's like, I know it's kind of soon in the relationship for her to know enough to get me something. So I can understand why. She... What's funny is it's not even like funny or cute socks. No, the most. It's just socks. It's like work socks. It's yeah. not like, oh, I know you love the Simpsons. So no. I got you these Homer socks. No, they're no. basic, like a combo pack. <laughs> like working socks. She got like a pack of 12 or so. <laughs> so and he did. I he, totally forgot about that. He got that. them like a Mrs. and Mr. sign yeah. with their name. And I think he got her a bunch of stuff. And then there was still stuff he was waiting on to be delivered. Oh, probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. Oh, so I just died reliving that moment because that I think was when you really sold me on the show. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I've been somewhat enjoying season seven. I have some things to say about it, but I'll wait till you catch up to it. Thank you. Yeah. Because um, now I don't know what to believe because you've got me feeling a certain way about this girl this season and it just hasn't happened yet. So, Dude, honestly, I don't think I've watched any TV. I can't think of one TV show I've watched in the past week. Mm. What about This Is Us? No, because I didn't have one this week mm. because it was election night. Double. Oh, that's probably why we got the two the hour. The two hour. Mm-hmm. I know. I keep waiting. So I always watch it the next day on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is because it was election night. We didn't get one. And I do still enjoy the true blood. But what's hard is once you start a Married at First Sight, I feel like it's really hard not to finish it. Well, it just goes on and on and on. Bailey, Spill of the Week is back. How exciting. Oh, no, B. It's been so long. That's really exciting. We haven't had a spill in like at least a a month. That was a good one. Because it spilled, but it was only half open and it's a seltzer. So then it also kind of exploded a bit. (laughs) I'm so happy it happened in the pod shed, though, versus my bedroom. This is so great. This carpet doesn't matter at all. It's garbage. Let that one calm down. I got a nice dent in it, too. I know. Thanks for only bringing two seltzers. Well, that's because I brought the giant ass oh, fucking... Oh, that's right. We still have to drink Foster's. I forgot about which it. Which has been sitting out because I want it to be beer bongable. Beer bong temperature out of our two-turn Tony beer bong. Because technically, that's still part of my outfit. If Absolutely. We're, if we're doing an Australian podcast, I'm busting out of Foster's. If you guys remember our Badlands? No. No, no, no. Badlands with Sissy Spacek. Um, the Creek. Wolf Creek. Yep. Our Wolf Creek episode. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me the serial killer's name. I can't remember. Nope. Also But Australia. that was one of my all-time favorite outfits. I think I fucking nailed that That one. was great. I loved the fake facial hair. How did hair. I lose my brick of a lighter? The giant lighter. Also, Wolf... Uh, oh, my God, Bailey. You're going to make me reach over and get something for you? What do you think this is? Um, that <laughs> your your look of the week when I posted it. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but like a Wolf Creek like fan page liked it, <laughs> and I just love that there's a group of people who are so passionate about the movie Wolf Creek that they've started a whole to- group. God, and then had enough time to yeah and they like liked it and put like little laughing emojis because it's not like you did like at wolf creek right no no no, no. Right. i mean i might have like 
I might have done like a hashtag Wolf Creek. Mm-hmm. But still, I just thought it was cute that that horror movie has enough because there's a sequel. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a big enough deal, at least probably I would assume in Australia that they have like a whole fan group. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Anyways, so um, Married at First Sight, True Blood, This Is Us. Was that all we were talking about? Pretty much. How's your bake off? Good. I haven't watched that in a while either. I really haven't been watching TV. I don't oh know what God. I've been doing. Right. I've just oh, been wandering around. <laughs> <laughs> My well, kids go back to half days on Monday. School. That's exciting. We'll see if we all die of COVID and the podcast comes to an abrupt end. Y'all know why. That'll be fine. I know. I'm not worried about it. They're going back 8 to 1230. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So they're going back to school. You got to figure out to do with Zoe during the day now. Right. She's going to be like in shock. Right. She's so used to having them home to play with her. Now oh. I have to play with her. Right. Oh, my goodness. Um, And I started reading a new book about it's a smutty one. I'll Ooh. give you guys an update when I read more of it. I'm in the first few chapters, but it's in England, which is my only place I ever want to be with the like son of like, uh, I don't know if it's like mafia, mob, whatever. He's the son of like the boss. And like, you know, he's a killer and a thug. Ooh. And of course, who does he fall for? Like the rich daughter of like one of his dad's enemies. Oh. But she's like super like upper crust, mm. high end, you know. Yeah. It's it's a little cheesy. The The vernacular they use is a little out of pocket, but it'll be good. I gave you an excuse to say vernacular. Vernacular. You know, it's just the same thing with all these smutty books, which I, you know, I love me a smutty book, but nobody talks like that. And it drives me nuts where he's like, oh, just looking at her. My cock got so hard, <laughs> rock hard in my pants. You're like, bro, nobody talks like that. Like, I don't even think that's anybody's inner monologue. Right. Does any dude ever say that to themselves? But oh, those are, some, good. those are some of my favorite TikToks, though. <laughs> which ones? Like, there's one floating around that says, play this sound for your significant other, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever, and just watch his reaction. And it's a guy talking about using his ball sack in the shower to collect water. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. (laughs) And most of the guys, they just start laughing immediately like, yeah, I've done that for sure. Listen, right now, if you guys are on TikTok, election Election TikTok. Election TikTok, wow. Elite, the best TikTok ever. Ever. It's so good. The only good thing that came out of this election is elite TikTok. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's getting a new president. That oh, is going to be great. Fingers crossed. But other than that, TikTok, election TikTok is the way to go. It's I so know. funny. I feel bad for Nick this go around because he like he's so passionate about voting and everything. And he's just been so deflated about the whole thing. And so I'm like, bro, check out some of my election TikTok. <laughs> let, let me bring you down to my level. It's so funny. My level of joy and happiness. All right. Let's see if I can open it this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Wish me luck, guys. You can do it. Oh, it's sprayed all over. No, I'm just kidding. It's perfect. All right. Well, if that's all you have to talk about. I mean, I'm out after of our two our rant last week and this week what a joy what a joy this one was (laughs) here in australia god bless you Mm -hmm. i'm sure i didn't do it justice but whoo that was a big one Mm -hmm. 
That was harder than Edmund Kemper. And he was like, I thought last week was like this crazy, like heavy hitter. And no. I had no idea what I was signing up for. Yeah. With Snowtown murders. A thousand percent. Mm-mm. So we really have to try to find a uh, easy one next week. <laughs> for real. We'll pick you guys back up next time. We're going to do the Annabelle haunting. <laughs> oh, no. Next week is Friday the 13th. God damn it. it. Already? Yeah. <gasps> Next wow. week is a big deal. Oh, my God. Well, that's exciting. It's exciting. You get to watch as many Friday the 13th as you want. I'm going to start now. All right. <laughs> let's take our pictures and let's get into it. I was so depressed with Halloween yeah. being over. Already and- Friday the 13th. Ah! <laughs> Already here. So if you'd like to follow us on social media, THC podcast on Instagram. I always have pictures from the case. Bees look of the week. Sometimes I get squirrely and post other pictures <laughs> throughout the week of what we're doing. Um, we're t- catfishing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. THC True on Twitter. And there is a Facebook page. We're getting more and more people liking our page, which is exciting. Um, my Wyatt's best friend's mom was they were over the other day and she was like, that's you have a podcast. That's so cool. Like I explained to her what it was and she's like, so is it like one of those things where you like maybe a case is like a cold case or it's unsolved and you do like your own investigating and like <laughs> go deep and ball. Oh, no, 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 no. Nope. Not that. Oh, wow. So I explained what it was and then she's like, oh, that's cool. Are you guys like getting any sponsorships or getting... <laughs> She was so sweet that she thought we were capable of such things. I'm like, no, no, only no. like 40 people listen. But. And like 30 of those are my friends and family. You are our listeners. And hey, we, if you listen, thank you. We appreciate it. You mean so much to us. You have no idea. If you are any one person who does not know us personally and you listen to this. You're the best. Bless your heart. We really appreciate it. Give us a thumbs up in the comments. Yes. <laughs> leave a comment. Subscribe. Like. I don't know. Mm. What do you do? You download. Tell somebody about it. Yeah. Send a link. For real. Or just keep listening. That's good enough. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.